All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Game Plan NFL Week 3 Full Slate Betting Angles and DFS Breakdown. Let's do this. The best coaches in the game, <laughs> we really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets, casket is top. You be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet. First place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteen, sixteen, twenty. So many helmets, you got blurred vision, we got too many. Dick your tech, oh man. They got us fucked up. Army, regroup. We pledge always to have that edge. We don't fire warning shots. Competition just dropped. We locked and loaded before lock. Whatever the time, yeah. Do you even correlate? Being the best requires a willingness to outwork your competition. There's always someone smarter, faster, sharper. More naturally gifted to come around. All right, all right. Welcome back to the game plan, everyone. I've got the goat himself with me, John Statsational Alessia, top 10 ranked DFS player in the world, a professional sports better representing Sharp App. What's up, my man, John? How's it going? It's going well, man. Let's uh let's bang this out today, man. Let's 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 get some winners. No doubt. And uh, of course, and before we get to that, I'm going to explain how we do this. So what we're going to do is take a look at a core four primary games to concentrate on this week for your DFS lineups. We want those high scoring, um, tight knit affairs, which of which we have a bunch of this week. I'm really excited about that. And before we get into it, of course, I want to talk about our sponsor for the show, Owner's Box Weekly Fantasy Sports. Guys, if you haven't checked this out, like the overlay has been nuts every single week. I've been begging you guys to go check this out. Um, we have a link in the description below over to Owner's Box Fantasy. The, the twist with Owner's Box is they are a super flex format. So you can actually build full correlations with two quarterbacks, each tied to a wide receiver. It's a really, really cool way to execute what I would say um, is a little bit more correlative approach to lineup construction. And the best part is their contest, John, you know, I know you love overlay, bro. I know you love that shit. There's this, their contest has been a hundred K contest that has not been filling. So you're getting all this free money. And when you sign up with code drew nine, they give you $10 to enter that contest. They've been actually giving out extra $10 bonus checks each week. You don't even have to have put in a credit card or made a deposit. So you can literally go there and play for free. Make sure you use the the, the link in our description uh, below that helps support this podcast. All right. All right. Now, let's get into it, John. NFL Week 3. The Core 4. Let me get this up on screen here, baby. All right. Core 4 games. Now, John, it's a really interesting week because there are four afternoon games. One, one early and then three more, I think, in the afternoon, all with monster, monster totals. Close, tight spreads. And it is quite um, the potential for a fiesta. But let's start with the early game of the week, and that is the Chargers-Chiefs. You could borderline build all your lineups around this game and be in a pretty good spot, I think, John. The Titans are, are – not the Titans. The Chargers are heading out to Kansas City, 
at six and a half point underdogs, 54 and a half point team total. Ebear, Mahomes, lots of goodness going on there. So what's your take? Any interest in what does the line tell you? Uh, not that close of a spread, six and a half, 54 and a half point total. Yeah, six and a half is probably probably in the um pretty close to where it should be. They're giving you that, you know, we're getting just under the seven, that key number there with uh with Kansas City. Um, if I had a lean on this game, it would be on the Kansas City side. Uh Chargers did play them well last year with uh your boy Herbert or Bear. And Bear. um you know, right. 55 total makes a lot of sense. Now, the Chargers coming off playing what we seemingly think is a Dallas team that the defense is pretty weak. We were all, I think, uh, a lot of people got burned on that one. Um, yeah, bring that up. What do I have there for the uh, for this week? So you've got, I mean, interesting. I think the most interesting thing that I'm seeing here in the power rankings is just how many passing yards this is projecting for the Chargers specifically. 292 passing yards, which is at the high end for any team's projection of the week. And it flies in the face of a little bit of what we saw last week from the Chargers, where they had that weird, you know, DFS killing, you know, drives kept ending, you know, penalties in the red zone game. Like everything that could cause last week's game not to score well happened. And it was a reminder that shit like that does happen in the NFL. Like, you know, holding, holding, you know. Penalty, fumble, all the weird shit that happened in scoring opportunities in last week's game. And, and it kind of like when you looked at that, you go, ah, was Chargers maybe one of these teams that don't score a lot or or was that something else? So it's interesting to see the uh, power rankings really uh, expecting the Chargers to smash from a passing game perspective in the spot. Yeah, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't look too much at the last week's game. If you watched it, I think there were some bad calls in that game and it kind of. uh took away from from what that game should have been. So I do think, you know, it's not as tight a spread, usually be like that three-point spread. Uh, but I, I don't think you have any problem game stacking this one. Uh, Kansas City, you can definitely score on. I mean, that's going to be the weakness. I think you're going to you're gonna see that in the future. Keep that as a um, – keep that in the, in the back of your mind. I mean, that's kind of the way football has gone now in the last 10 years. When you get the quarterback like Mahomes, it's very difficult. And once that quarterback starts getting paid – to have the defense to go with it. So you see it with Seattle. You're seeing it with Mahomes. You're going to see, you know, Arizona is going to be in that. They sort of are in that situation now that they, they don't even have that great a defense. That makes the um, NFL better. I love that. Yeah, I, I mean, it does. It, it, it makes the games more exciting. And as DFS yeah. players, you know, we, we love these games. We love these, you know, 55 total games for sure. Um, so, so just keep that in mind. I mean, that's just the way football is going to be. It's going to be a lot harder to build teams, complete teams, um, as these quarterbacks develop and these young quarterbacks become good. So, you know, we could anticipate maybe the Jets uh, one day being in that situation, but N not anytime soon. So, <laughs> maybe no time soon. But yeah. So yeah. this game is, you know, you look at my stack, I got my stack probabilities up as well on there. And, and it's, you know, it's pretty much littered with um, Mahomes is the top guy. And then, and then you've got uh, somewhere close to the top 10 is going to be uh, Herbert stacks. I think the top one is 12. So, um, what I'm doing this year too is just I'm keeping in in the stack probabilities. Um, I'm keeping tabs on each and every week, and you'll you'll see what the um, actual score was. Oh, I love that. A little yeah. bit of um, a little bit of accountability doesn't hurt. Yeah, so you'll be able to go back and see. And uh, you know, maybe maybe last week wasn't the best week to uh, start to start tracking it. The accountability, uh, with, uh, but it, um, but we but really the the top team. You know, if you throw that game out, that Charger game out, 
you know, it was it was the the usual suspect. No, there was a lot of Brady in there. There was, yeah, I think Brady was number two on the list. Murray, so, yeah. Let, let's take a look. So, a couple of big um, narratives and storylines from this game. Number one, the the salary drop on um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Just the general ineptitude of Clyde Edwards Hilaire over the first couple of games. I do think you know he's going to have a little pop game here or there, but we we are discovering that. Listen, they ain't going to throw to this guy, and that's how it is. If you look at the matchups cheat sheet, which is my favorite thing uh, to look at when evaluating a game. We could see that, you know, not good season target percentage for zero targets last week had the gross fumble. Um, there's nothing exciting here about Hilaire. He, you know, he's, pr he's priced down. And I think for good reason, even though the volume continues to be there in terms of the rushing volume. Um, some other interesting items of note. Last week we had the weird Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, sort of like, but not Kelsey and not Hill situation. Take a look at the target drop, 30% week one and two, or week one, down to 13% last week and week two. What week are we? We're week three. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, down to 13% last week. Kelsey got the targets, but just didn't do as much with them last week. Um, what do you make of that? Yeah, and, I mean, they just they they pretty much bracketed Hill the entire game. They they just took Hill away. So uh, you know, you could do that, but it certainly didn't stop the Kansas City offense. Um, it wasn't anything that really Hill did. I guess they had that one nice play that they looked at, you know, that Collinsworth lost his mind on at the end of the game. I forget who the, the uh they got the rookie, I think was on him made a nice play on him, but, uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. That's, that's why you're stacking these, you know, you're, you're doing game stacks on these because I think, you know, with teams like Kansas city and of course the teams playing Kansas city, and I think the chargers have that ability. Uh, we want to have multiple game stacks and we have multiple play or multiple yeah. players within our game stacks. And we have multiple players in this game who can absolutely smash. Now I don't like Edwards Hilaire, but, you know, he could, you know, when you're scoring 35 to 40 points, he could fall into the end zone a couple of times. I just, I'm, my concern here is now that there is, he's going to fall out of favor with the coaching staff. And I, and, and that's, I think that's the main concern is you start to see him on the field a whole lot less. And a little more Darrell Williams in there. Um, a little more, even Jarek McKinnon in there. So, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might not be very good. We, we don't know. I don't want to overreact to, but we haven't seen anything near what the hopes were for him after he was drafted in the first round. We haven't seen any of that. We really have not had an example of it. And and again, we've seen the some of the Williams brothers have good games in this offense. We've seen LaShawn McCoy in the past have good games in this Andy Reid offense. We've seen running backs excel. Now, I think that... Um, Part of the deal here is that Mahomes is not a check down quarterback. He just doesn't throw to his, he doesn't check down to his running backs, but they need to run some designed routes for him if we're ever going to get any good fantasy production out of that spot. Now let's take a look at the Chargers side of this game because another really interesting team. Number one, I think the resurgence and emergence of Mike Williams cannot be understated. All offseason, I talked about the fifth year breakout for Mike Williams. I know you listen to all of the bold call season long fantasy football podcasts that I do, John. And um, we talked about this and he is being utilized. You know, they brought in the saints offensive coordinator and he's being utilized in the Mike in, in the um, 
Michael Thomas role on this team. He has now out, um, he has now out, uh, targeted Keenan Allen on the season after two weeks. That is mind blowing, John. That's I do listen to you, man. So I do have him on one of my teams. I scored like 180 points on one of my season long yes. uh, teams yeah, last week because I, I have on, him. I got he's him. on all my teams, bro. Yeah, he's on Maybe all my teams. It, it, I I do I, I I think he may be the uh, the number one guy, and you're getting him at the um, a much cheaper price, you know, a much nicer price. So he's going to fit in nicely. You know, you're always paying up Kansas City games for stacks, so he's going to fit in nicely um, in the in the game stacks here. Um, you you but, know, he's yeah. like free on FanDuel. And and when I say free, on FanDuel, you want touchdown scoring wide receivers. Touchdown scorers, right? On DraftKings, we want volume guys. But FanDuel, I want touchdown scores For 6K on FanDuel, in this game? In this game? Going to be a lot of touchdowns to go around in this game. So, yeah, no, I, I absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was looking at was the uh, the $900 price difference. Um, it's more dramatic on FanDuel because yeah. FanDuel has that different structure where you're used to paying more like 7,500, 8K for a touchdown scoring wide receiver. So this is like a massive, massive um, bargain situation on on that. And you know who doesn't score a lot of touchdowns? Keenan Allen. Like he's not as good of a of a FanDuel play most weeks. He'll get one here and there, but he's not a touchdown scorer. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, he hasn't been. I'm trying to see where we have him. Um, never, what, I assume they're pretty close on the uh, on the stacking. Uh, oh, I'm sure it is. Now let let's just another non touchdown score, but a guy of interest for me is Austin Eckler on this team. You know, so we're we're creating these these stacks. You've got Allen Williams that can go along with Herbert, but I think you know obviously Austin Eckler is is a pretty uh, involved component. He got zero targets week one, then he winds up with 22 percent of the targets. I think it was like nine or ten. In week two, you know, he's back to being this PPR machine. Still not a touchdown score. You can go back a couple of seasons with um, Eckler, and he has not been scoring the tutties. Yeah, he's not been doing it. So, yeah, Michael, Michael's saying, you know how Deontay Johnson, we played him every single week of last year, and no one was just on it? Yeah, Mike Williams is becoming like that. No one's kind of picked up that this is 10, 12 targets a week guy. Um, are there any corners? You know, the Chiefs traditionally have actually been very good against wide receivers. It's a little weird. They tend to give up points to tight ends, running backs um, through the air, and and quarterbacks. But wide receivers, they've limited their their style. But I don't know. I don't know here. I think that favors Keenan Allen in the sense of in the passing game a little bit, just because he's out of the slot much more. But what what is that? What what's your takeaway on that? As far as the uh, the Chiefs giving up points against the Chargers, I mean the Chiefs have ranked number two three in terms of yeah. DVP against the wide receiver position and fantasy points allowed. They've been that way for now a year and a half, and they're always ahead. You would think that that wouldn't be the case. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. You know, I look at uh, Pro Football fo- uh, Pro Football Focus for the for those numbers as well. They do have they've got the Keenan Allen matchup as an average, and they've got uh, Mike Williams as below average. And actually, if you look at it the flip side, they've got Kansas City as all sub average. Um, they have, they have malls, bad matchups. So interesting there, um, you know, in a game that's going to be 55 points, where, where are the points coming from? You got to figure it's coming from the, from the, the uh, passing game, but they really, if you just look at the wide receiver cornerback matchups, they're not great on either side of the ball. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't project well in that sense, but I throw that shit out the window, 55 yeah. points, you know, massive total, lots of points to go around. Um, I think this, yeah, it could be a Kelsey game. It's always a Kelsey game. 
but it could be another Kel Kelsey's the guy I'm forcing into my line. I, I just always want Kelsey every week. I know that there's some Millie maker evidence that you're much better off finding like a cheaper tight end that goes off for the same amount of points, but it's just harder to do that. And Kelsey's just hanging out. You know, he's like, Hey guys, I always get 20 plus points every single week. And sometimes I'm going to get you 30 and it's like, okay, that sounds fair. I like that. I like that trade off. I'll pay the price. I like Kelsey. I always like Kelsey. Going to play him um, this week. Any other thoughts on this game? Well, I mean, well, obviously, you, you mentioned you don't the want tight end. You got Cook as well. On the other side. Yeah, you know, Jared so. Cook. Perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Um, Jalen Guyton as a sort of a wide receiver three on the field a lot. Not, not a lot of volume, but he's out there. But that's going back two years already with Guyton that he's just kind of out there as dead wood. But anytime you got a guy hanging around in a game like this, and the other guy that's floating around that's going to be interesting in that salary saver component is Mikol Hardman, who's out there 75, 77% of the snaps, really good target share. He hasn't done much with it, but he will. Mikol Hardman is going to get a big touchdown or two more than once this season. And, you know, if, if the elite corners for the Chargers kind of try to bracket Tyreek Hill in this one, then I think hard man, you know, he could pop for one. So that's definitely a guy I want to throw in the mix of these game stacks. One cool thing about this game, John, before we move on to the next one in the core four is it's, it's one of many exciting games this week. I don't think we'll have chalk congealed around a particular game. It's not like last week where everybody played the one game primarily, the Cowboys. I don't think we're going to have chalk congealed around this one because there's three other games that are just as interesting for me. What do you think? I agree. Um, and one, I'll, let me give you one last note on this game. I think I think the way we're going to be making money with Kansas City is on these is on the guy you brought up, Hardman. I think that's where the money's going to be made um, for the most part on these teams. You know, when you, you got a quarterback like that, he's not going to be focused on just one guy. He loves Kelsey, loves Hill, but Loves all his, you know, get open and he's going to get you the ball. So if teams are going to start focusing more on Hill or more on Kelsey, you're going to see these other guys at cheaper prices. I think now's the time we could get them on the game. So if you're going to stack these games, you got to do it with some of these cheap, you know, maybe put in a cook with some cheap wide receivers. That could be the way to the, uh, to the big points in this game. Yeah. I mean, that could cook Hardman. You're going to have to get, it's, um, one of the things I've noted in studying the numbers is just the overall that it's second and third wide receivers, tight ends that are much more correlated with the quarterback. The WR1, the primary receiver, they're not, the correlation isn't as great as you would think because that guy kind of always does well. So it's when the quarterback is beasting, it's usually because he's pulling a second or a third player with him. And that's where you really make the money in DFS. And you've got to be conscious of that when you're constructing lineups. So really, really great. Um, Really great point you just made there, John. Let's move on to game number two in our core for, for today. It's the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I don't normally include what I don't think is going to be a close game in this, but I, there are some reasons I'm interested in this one, mainly because of how great the Cardinals offense has just been performing. And also the fact that, John, this line is a little bit closer than I, I, I want to get your take on them. This feels like they're trying to suck me in and I, I'm trying to figure out, am I am I missing something? Cardinals minus seven against the Jaguars? The Jaguars suck, dude. They fucking suck. And the Cardinals have been pretty good. So I don't understand what Vegas is seeing. Why is it only minus seven? Yeah, th this is one of those where 
you know, um, I know that you know that I know sort of thing where because I'm thinking home field advantage is not what it was. Okay. We've gone over this a million times. It's about one right now it's at zero. Uh the 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 away teams have actually won um more than the the home teams have. I expect it to be somewhere between 1.25, 1.5 by the end of the season. That's about where it I think it should be. That's the way we've been trending. And I'm I have to think that the odds makers know that just as well as I do. So I don't think that they're over valuing home teams here. So I'm kind of throwing that out. Um, this is if that's the case, then I think they're I do think the line is too low, which actually leads me to believe I want to bet Jacksonville in this game. I know <laughs> it sounds crazy. Saying. Like you're going the opposite. Yeah, because it's it's like I know, you know, it's like it, I, it's level six thinking and I just could be totally out thinking myself, which, you know, happens quite often. But uh, so that's the way I look at that, because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on Arizona. We talked about them. I was taking them to win the division. I thought it was a good value yeah. there before the season. Um, again, I, go, I just go with the quarterback. This quarterback's going to score points every single week. You know, I know you love the quarterbacks who can run. If you can run and throw, you're going to score points. Your floor is extremely high. Um, he's he's just going to be the type of guy that you you could use in your cash games all week, all uh, season, as long as he's healthy. And he could, you know, he's going to be a GPP type of guy as well because he's going to have those big games. This is a game potentially, you know, he could he could score a ton of points. I, you know, I don't see the points. It's a little more scary on the other side with Jacksonville just because I mean, just you know, they haven't clicked yet. I I, I still think Lawrence would be good. Um, hard to project that they'll click, but you could take this with a comeback player here. You could take a chart or somebody on the other side. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind mixing in a little, a little MJJ, it, it, you know, action, a little Marvin Jones Jr. and some sort of a, of a stack. But like, I mean, this next level thinking, this whole Princess Bride situation that's happening over here, and you know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. How is? Look at the power rankings. Do not indicate that Jacksonville is going to do well here. I mean, I no. know there's some of last year mixed in, but still 186 yards, 18 point total projection, not very good rushing um, probability here for the team. Man, it looks gross, man. And and Jack, you know what I'm interested? I'm interested in Arizona defense. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I know, you know, I know these things. You you should not get sucked into lines that look too good to be true. I know this. But this one's sucking me in, man. I, I, I kind of want to bet it. Um, I kind of want to bet it because it's sucking me in. So <laughs> it's just weird. But on the Arizona side, not the easiest team to stack. A lot of players that are involved in the offense. And if you take a look at um, the numbers here in terms of the target percentage, you can see that, I mean, it's really nicely spread out. Green now up there. Rondell Moore with a little spike in uh, production to the expense of DeAndre Hopkins last week, Rondell Moore. Yeah. Not out there that much, still not out there a ton, but when he is, they're targeting him. He comes out and they are, they got to play for him. They love Rondell Moore, don't they? He's, he's a little, he's a little dude too, huh? I mean, I, he, I root he, for the little guys. He could run. And, uh, yeah. My, yeah, my main my main thing with Moore is I'm upset. I took him in in one league and then I kind of passed on him in another league when I had a chance to take him because in an auction league because I'm like, ah, I got you know I don't want to take too many chances um, on on unproven guys and I, I probably should have uh, should have grabbed them in that league as well. But um, yeah, listen again, this is the new NFL. 
you get a quarterback like Murray, we can easily use his second and third receivers, and he's going to run you in one, right? So he probably runs one in this game and throws two or three at least, get you, get you good points. You know, you don't have to use Hopkins in these in these matchups. No. Like I said, there's Hopkins, plenty. What, Hopkins will have a hard t- I was going to say, John, Hopkins will have a hard time returning peak salary value week to week based on this spread of targets like Hopkins to me, you've got to downgrade him. He is a consistent wide receiver, but the ceiling is not similar to a Steph Diggs, even a Calvin Ridley. These guys who can become alpha target hogs on their teams that you're not going to get that out of DeAndre Hopkins, not this week and not this year. I don't think. No, I mean, Hopkins, listen, he was as talent goes, he was as good as anybody. And we know, unfortunately, talent is not what we try to, uh, opportunity fantasy it's opportunity right when he was in houston i mean it was just get hops the ball and and that was it even when he came here he was really the main threat they've got other weapons now and they don't need to just focus on hopkins hopkins is going to draw all the best coverage early especially this year so it's going to leave opportunity uh for these other guys and when you have a quarterback like murray who's going to run around extend plays He's going to find the guys who get open, and a guy like Moore is that type of guy. When he's scrambling, yeah, how do you, you can't cover Moore, right? He's that's going to be the guy who's going to get a lot of those Murray scramble, dump to Moore for you know seven yards, and then he's going to run it for another 10, 15. So I, I like that. I like that type of guy in this offense. Yeah, I think it's noteworthy just to mention that for for Jacksonville, Jay Sizzles, um, James Robinson did pick up a little bit more of the volume in week two. I guess maybe some of that you know, reverberations of what the fuck is wrong with you, Urban Meyer. Maybe that gets back to a guy like him. He seems like the kind of person that reads those headlines and cares about what they say. Um, Again, I am no fan of that dude at all. I think he is uh, a disaster for the the, um, Jaguars. But overall, you do see that the snap percentage went up uh, 68% of the rushes, um, 73% of the snaps, so a little bit more, but also a couple targets last week. So, you know, a little bit more action for him. I, I don't love the spot at all for a James Robinson, but no one's going to own him. 5,500 on FanDuel. So there's a little bit of bargain basement hunting. And if you're right about the uh, odds makers sort of telling us that Jacksonville will be a little bit more competitive this week, then maybe, uh, maybe take a little, you know, maybe we can m- consider Robinson in a, in a lineup or two, something like that in, in max multi-entry. I think Marvin Jones Jr. is the clear cut alpha in this offense, LaVisca Chanel got a Q tag going. So I'm not sure what's up with him as well. Marvin Jones Jr. 33% of the targets last week. Anytime they are close to 30%, I consider that an alpha, a target hog, a high floor player. So I don't mind Marvin Jones Jr. He's still fairly inexpensive on DraftKings. The salary's coming up a little bit on Fendel, but as a touchdown score, I don't mind that either. Yeah, and on the Arizona side, you really just want Kyler and you know pick right. You know, on I'm favoring Rondell Moore. Feels a little chasey after last week, but that's just the guy that he's so exciting when he's on the field. He's a guy that excites me, so that's the way. And I don't want to pay up for Hopkins, and I think Christian Kirk is you know fool's gold. He's he's a pyrite. What do you call? Is it? Did I get that right? Pyrite, fool's gold. No, pyrocyte, pyrite, pyrocyte. Pyrite. Guys, in the comments, fool's gold. Look it up. What is it? Pyrite? 
I usually know. I usually know these things, but yeah, no, it's something like that. Anyway, all right, let's move on to the next game in our co-op. So again, w- one last note on that. I think that will be not very highly stacked up compared to these other three that we are going to be through the first one and these next two, which are two of the fucking best games. I mean, you can't ask for more. You can't ask for better than this. All right, so let's start with the Bucks Rams. One point spread. 56 point total. Pyrite. Pyrite. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Right, um, nice. Thank you, uh, Jordan. So one point spread, 56 point total. Rams, Bucks, Brady, Stafford, old school, Cooper Cup, Jalen Ramsey. A lot of interesting angles here. Is there anything we can glean from this number other than that Vegas expects what we all do when we look at it, a close and high scoring affair? And why is the do you think this total may be a little high considering both of these are elite defensive teams? Like two of the best defenses in, in the league. Yeah, he stole my thunder. That was my that was my read on it. I, I thought the line was when I saw it. I thought the uh, total was a little high. I think the line's right about where it should be, but that total seemed high because I understand how they get to a high. To you know, I, I could see this game obviously getting in the sixties, but you look at it on paper, you're like, okay, two pretty good defenses. Now Tampa hasn't really shown that yet this season. Now, you know, they played Dallas. They gave up points in all the first two weeks. Um. But we do anticipate this Tampa defense to be uh, better. One thing I think we can lock in on is neither team is going to be able to run the ball. I don't nope. think we're going to see any rushing. So that's where the total starts to make sense. Because then if you say, well, if they can't run the ball and they're throwing it a lot, uh, that's going to lead to more scoring and you know extension of the game. And that could be why we're going to see this game higher. And that, you know, that could be why Tampa totals become higher this year, where teams just give up on running like, you know what? We're not even going to try it um, again. You know, you saw Dallas run the ball pretty successfully last week. Couldn't run it at all in week one against Tampa. Right. So I think that could be the the reason we're seeing the line where it is. And um, and that's how I think we get to a higher total is just a ton of passing. Very little running from either team. Love. All right. So there are some interesting um, defensive backy kind of and, and situations going on here that we got to go over. Number one. AB got the vid, got the Rona, not a good scene for, um, not a good scene for uh, Antonio Brown. He'll be out, right? That, that elevates Scotty Miller into probably a volume role, uh, a little bit more. Uh, Brown has been on the field about 54% of the time in the slot. Scotty Miller coming in about 15%. So elevate Scotty Miller to a 50 to 60% snap count guy, which I very much like, John, in this one. Um, I do like that a lot. He'll play mostly out of the slot. Now, I got a question for you. Mike Evans has traditionally been uh, a wide receiver that when when faced with elite cornerback play, completely does nothing, right? Does nothing. Mike Evans gets wiped out. Now, Jalen Ramsey... I think he's going to be on Evans. I think he eliminates Evans from this game. But do you think maybe they throw him on Godwin? Like, is there a possibility that me fading Evans will come back to burn me because Jalen Ramsey will move around and, you know, I'll be wrong about him being on Evans? I think that's uh, – I think Evans is going to – I actually think he's going to move around and not be locked in on Evans. So, I mean, that's just – that's just the way I'm looking at it. 
right now. If he's on Evans, Evans does nothing. You're 100% right. So I don't, I don't want to get too uh, geeky, I guess, on it, but you kind of, kind of, depends on how you're playing. If you're playing, if you're playing just one lineup here, I would just, I would say, don't use that. I wouldn't use Evans in my, uh, in my stack. Like I'm no, thinking obviously. about even benching Evans in potentially in fantasy football leagues where I have a good player. Like well, somebody gave me a choice, DJ Moore or Mike Evans. And I went more. Well, I've got my, my, my mom's visiting. She's in the next room and she's been telling me she's got Evans on her team. And she's like, he is on my bench this week. Yes. So my, mother, my mother is benching Evans. I need, we need to get your mom on. This we got to get my mom in. Yeah. Fucking, she, she's, somebody uh, really knows football. She's very she, opinionated. Yeah. I like it. I love it. So, so she knows about Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, she's like, there's no way I'm not playing Evans this week. I forget who who she's uh, putting in, but she's got a pretty good uh, replacement. Oh, that's crazy. But, yeah. That's wild. By the yeah. way, I mean, this is an easy choice, bro. Uh, I think it's um, he's got a lot of good wide receivers. This guy, um, Josh. You know, I'd go Cooper. I don't know, and Brown. I, it's not an easy. You know what? Pick up any two. You embarrassment of riches. You know what? I don't even want to help you, Josh. Why do you have so many good players on your damn team? What the fuck? Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, Mike Evans. So, I think we go right back to Gronk in this game. Fucking Gronk, bro. We go right back to him because he's yeah. been smashing. And it makes sense to play tight ends against uh, against the Rams with their elite corners. Like, tight ends do well against the Rams. Go right back to Gronk, motherfucker. 80% of the snaps. He's He is Kelsey for cheaper. Yeah. You know, it, 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 Gronk's all about the touchdowns. Um, you know, he's not going to get you Kelsey yardage. And he's not going to be utilized as much going down the field, but he's a red zone. He's going to be a red zone machine here for Brady. And I think what we saw is last year, it just took him time. You know, he was not the guy early in the season by the time the playoffs came around. And then obviously the Super Bowl, he had that, that big game and it's hard to fade him. I, I agree with you here. I like Gronk. I would, I would be taking Gronk. Someone asked, is Scotty Miller in play if AB's out? 100% yes. Because it's so cheap that you can't, you, you you can't avoid that kind of uh, you know at that price um, in a game that could potentially be in the sixties. You can't not play Scotty Miller. He's he could you know he could be. I would, state. John. I would put him as one of the best um, punts on oh. DraftKings. Not a FanDuel play. Not a yeah. FanDuel play. Let's take it easy. We want touchdown scores, but one of the best wide receiver punts of the week on 100%. DraftKings. I will be all over Scotty Miller. Fucking Julian Edelman part two. Yeah, he could get you an easy 15 points at 3K, 3,100, whatever yeah. he is, and and, and uh, fit in nicely. And then, of course, give you the ability to stack some of these because, uh, you know, we've got some big stacks and just this game itself. So if you just added him in as a four-player stack in this game, game stack, um, he'll fit in there nicely and you'll have room to uh, to mix in some, some big players in other games yeah. as well. On the Rams side, we got to take a look at, of course, Cooper Cup been smashing, now elevated to WR2 or 3 on the season. We, I was talking with um, Season Long Says uh, the other day uh, about if we had to redraft right now, what wide receiver number would Cooper Cup be? And we had him as WR3. Like, yeah, Devontae Adams still there, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup. Yeah, well, you know the thing with Stafford is he he's been a he's been a good uh, fantasy quarterback in his great. career. Just hasn't been a great put wins on the field quarterback. You know, real life he hasn't gotten the wins. Um, he's in a different situation now, but you, you totally expect that he's going to put up numbers. If he's putting up the numbers, these guys will as well. So um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to move Cup 
up that yeah. high, but he certainly, uh, it's certainly, he's been great. And it. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you think that um, Tampa, having seen what Cooper Cup has done the first few weeks, do they put extra attention on Cup, open things up for Bobby Trees? I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I, well, it's possible, right? So week one, they pretty much shut down uh, Cooper, right? So Cooper had not, uh, right? Was no, that? No, Cooper, Cooper smashed no, Cooper week went one. Who, who got, oh, Lamb, Lamb had the, uh, well, Lamb had a couple of drops in week one. That was what. Yeah, no, no. Cooper Cup. Yeah. And it's Robert Woods. Yeah, hasn't, yeah, yeah. Hasn't shown the big numbers yet, right? Uh, but traditionally on this Rams team, Woods and Cup kind of went back and forth. You'd have those 30-point games for Woods. This feels like everybody going to play Cup at this point. Maybe shifting over to Bobby Trizzles. Well, Robert Woods, Bobby Trees. Maybe at that's the, the time. I mean, because he did get 31% of the target. It's not like the targets weren't there. He just didn't do what Cup did last week. Well, Cup went, yeah. I mean, he went crazy last yeah. week. He was, and I, I didn't have him. Yeah, that 180 point team, I didn't, I didn't have him. He was, you the didn't, guy what? I, didn't I had so much of fucking. No, 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 I'm saying my, in my season long team, I don't, I don't uh, have him. Oh, okay. Uh, I had everyone else who went off, but not, I don't have Cup. But, for the price differential on FanDuel, it's crazy. I think that's mom. Woods. Is that mom? Kristen? Oh, that's my brother. Oh, okay. That's my brother on my on my sister-in-law's account. Oh, there we go. Well, yeah, Shepard. That's what it is. Yes, right, he's man. telling me what his, her team is. Shepard looks really Shepherd. good. <laughs> so yeah. there we go. I love it. Um, But yeah, Bobby Trees. So I could see going over to that. Van Jefferson in this game. Exciting. And I want, I just want one last thing about this game. I'm staying away. Darrell Henderson hasn't practiced this week, whatever. Sony Michelle, not a good no. matchup against a Tampa Bay run killing defense. So I don't want anything to do with Sony Michelle. I don't want anything to do with Darrell Henderson. I like Sony Michelle, like generally, if this wasn't Tampa, I'd be all over that. But, and, and Sony Michelle could smash in a touchdown or two off the goal line if he's the solo uh, running back. I'm trying to look if that salary is attractive. It's a little bit, eh, maybe I'll keep a little, it just, you just don't see running backs doing well against Tampa, but eh, 4,957, it is reasonably priced. He could smash a touchdown or two yeah. in just don't from play the line. Yeah, don't play it. X don't play it? Out. Yeah, I'm no. not playing any of the, definitely not no. the Rams here. I wouldn't play, I wouldn't play running backs on either side. This is going to be a heavily, heavily throw the ball. You know, if the, yeah. if we get a couple of goal line touchdowns, so be it. But it's... If, if you have to, if you have to play a running back in this one, I'm actually going with Uncle Lenny here. Um, it is now very clear that, you know, Ron Jones Jr. is too much of a bonehead to um, they just won't let him play. He's too much of a bonehead. He makes dumb mistakes every single week. He refuse. He does not clean it up. I really thought he would. And he doesn't. He's still the same bonehead, talented guy, but a bonehead. That's what it is. Fucking bonehead. Sorry, I said it. I meant it. You know, don't at me. Don't at me. He's a bonehead. All right. Let's go to the final game of the core four guys. And I, I think this is the best of them, John. I think this is the best of them. Seattle Seahawks, Minnesota Vikings, 55 and a half points, um, one and a half points spread. Seattle road, slight favorites. Anything stand out here um, to you? Seattle road, one and a half point favorites. Two good teams. Good offenses. Yeah, I'm bearish on Minnesota. Have been all year. They played well though. Just haven't been able to to you know. They probably I don't know, I don't know. Should have could have won that game last week. Could have won the game. You know they could be two and zero. They're zero two. Um, Bad luck. Bad luck. Yeah. So I mean that's just the way it goes in the end. But that's why at the end of the year most teams are 
you know, right around that 500 plus or minus uh, a game or two. So Seattle, though, just terrible loss. I don't have that game one, blow it. Uh, I, I'm leaning Seattle here. I like Seattle uh, in this game. I like matchups. Listen, you said this is probably your favorite matchup. I think it might be my favorite matchup. Last week, I told you the Arizona-Minnesota game is where, you know, if you if you weren't taking the Charger game, you had to go to the Arizona-Minnesota game. Minnesota is just a team we can target, and we know Seattle's a team we can target. Um, you're getting them to combined here. I think you're right. I think this winds up being the highest fantasy scoring game of the week. And if we think that, we probably have to like the over in this game as well. Uh, you know, Russ against teams who score scores. That's just the way it is. That's, that's when Russ cooks. You know, I was talking to um, Gargano yesterday on the Wise Guys about these two games, and it was these two specifically. And we talked about, hey, you know, if I if I want to pick one to go under, it's Bucks Rams because those yep. are elite defensive teams. The difference here is Seattle and Vikings are not good defensively. Neither team; these are bad defensive teams. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be going. I'd be going that way. Um, rather than rather than the opposite. So I love, love, love this game for fantasy purposes. Now let's take a look at some of these matchups here. KJ Osborne, you can still get him cheap on Minnesota. Uh, you know, getting getting some targets, getting some looks, all good here. Uh 20% last week. 20. That's fucking good. That's elite targeting, John. KJ Osborne. Yeah, it was a big pickup this week, right? For a lot of people. I got him. I picked him up in a lot of my dynasty leagues. No one even bid for him. And he did another. He did it again a second week. And is it possible that because they don't have uh, like a what I would say is a, sort of an athletic style tight end that maybe they're throwing to the third wide receiver? Because Minnesota had never been a team to throw to more than two guys. It was just, you know, Thielen and Jefferson or Thielen and whoever else was there. They were really very focused on their offense. And now they've got this third guy in there that they're throwing to. Really interesting. Get you in a little stack for cheaper than usual. What do you say, John? Yeah, I like it. Um, I like every bit of, like I said, th this this is the game I like um, the best. So I'm going to be taking the second and third options. Now, a lot of people are going to want to take Cook because of what, I mean, you're going to like, they were going to like Cook anyway, but what Henry just did, which was, Absolutely torch. Yeah, well, I mean, watching yeah. that, you're going to have to take some Cook, even with Cook a little so, banged up. Right. So I think you can take Cook with the wide receivers in this game. Um, I think that's a possibility in GPPs. So I, I would not, um, like the previous game, absolutely, you're not taking the, the running backs at all. This game, you could take running back with, uh, I think on both sides of the ball, actually. You could take both uh, You could take both running backs in this game as part of your, your stacks. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. I don't know if I want to mix Cook in there with um, with Cousins per se, but on a Wilson stack, maybe kind of a Wilson, Metcalf, Cook combination or something like that. One of the biggest challenges that I've already tried to start to make some lineups with this one, John, is is just that um, it, all of the pieces are expensive. O outside of KJ Osborne, like there aren't, any, and I'm not going down to Freddie Swizzles. That's not my guy. So Freddie Swain, no. So. For me right now, when I look at this, it's just hard to it's, it's not the easiest game to stack from a salaries perspective because for for Russ, it's really Metcalf, Lockett, or both. Uh Lockett's been doing his thing. Um, but the if you look at their look, it's identical. I've never seen anything like it. It's it's almost exactly the same target share. Um, week one, week two, identical. They have the same number 
of looks. It's just been Lockett that's broken away. That's just variance, guys. Well, somebody asked here, do we think Metcalf is going off? And the answer is, yeah, I mean, it probably is this week. You know, like there's no reason he hasn't gone up other than just a little bit of luck variance to where Lockett just broke the free, broke free, not, not Metcalf, but the volume is the same. The talent is there. The speed is there. Everything we've seen Metcalf do this before. So I have no doubt that one of these weeks we're going to get the 40 point explosion out of Metcalf. And it might be this week right here. And we might have that week where Lockett only gets you 15, or we may actually see the unicorn, John, the unicorn happens once a year where both Lockett and Metcalf go off together in a game. The unicorn once a year to win you a tournament million dollars only needed to happen once. Um, on the other, yeah, Chris Carson's a little bit unexciting uh, of a player in general. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I mean, he does get all the touches and he, he you know, he, he gets you for the most part, most of the carries for his team. There's no one else, no one else. It's just all Carson, but they just don't run it that much or they haven't in the last few games. But yeah, I'll go right back to Chris Carson. I think he's good for like a 15 to 20 point game almost every week 22 15 to 22 would be your sort of range he's probably not winning you a tournament but he's probably also not losing you a tournament i don't like the fan duel price i'm not paying 7700 for him there but it's 6400 on dk i think it's acceptable um do i you think know, this madison is, this is, is game, no we just where you hope scotty miller's playing and not antonio brown because now you can mix in him in here. jordan's playing the you know, Cook gets hurt early and Madison steps in. And, uh, you know, I like that a lot more if if he wasn't priced up. But they already priced him up as a starter. So you're not getting a bargain even if Cook does get hurt. All you're doing is getting, you know, a guy that you might play if he was starting for that price. I don't like it. I don't like it. The only thing you're going to get there is low ownership, and uh, I don't like it. It's too much for me. Um Giants Atlanta. We'll get to Giants Atlanta, but I do. I'm interested in that game as well. Yes. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that one in a minute, though. And um, yes. And do we think KJ Osborne is a flash in the pan? No, I don't know. I mean, we, you know, he's done it two weeks. Let's I'm going right back to it at the cheap price. He becomes a flash in the pan for me when you raise his salary up to fifty five hundred. Then I'm like, I don't want that. But at thirty five hundred, I don't even need that much, John. I just need five targets, four receptions, you know, maybe 65 yards. I'm all right. I got it. I got 12, 10, 11. What, you know, what if you, you had the double punt. You know, what if you had him and Miller in there in the same lineup? You might want to do that this week a little bit because there are a lot of attractive payup options. And when you look at the mid-level plays, week three, it's understandably uh, an occasion where we're starting to figure things out. And so you don't have as many of those $4,500 like, wow, I can get Mike Williams for, you know, 4K or something. Like that stuff is already going away. So you lose that mid tier and you start wanting to go to the high tier or find some super punts. And, you know, that's where Scotty Miller's and, and again, and they just haven't adjusted KJ Osborne. Um, I don't think yet. No, not sure about if he's a flash in a pan. So we'll, we'll have to see, we'll have to see about that. All right. So that does it guys for the core four. And now we're going to, we're going to, let's see, we've got a pretty hard stop here in about 15 minutes. So we're going to hammer through the rest of the games on this slate and just take a quick look at some ones that have some DFS interest. And uh, maybe we'll do a back and forth uh, thing, John, to keep it moving along. You know, I'll take one and you'll take one kind of thing. Um, so we'll keep these things flowing. Right. And let's start at the top. Washington football taking on the bills. Bills seven and a half point home favorites, 45 and a half point team total. 
Uh, betting angles here, John, just real quick. Uh, I have a thought, but I, I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts on the seven and a half point spread here. Uh, yeah, I, I have a lean. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be betting this game. Um, but my lean's going to be Buffalo, believe it or not. Would you really? I, my guess is you're on the other side. Yeah, I am. I'm on the other side of it. I, I didn't bet it, but my thought is, um, Washington better than, better than being given credit for. Yeah. I, I've just haven't been as, uh, as bullish on, on Washington as, as you have been this year. So I think this is a game where Buffalo could just uh just run them out of the building so um i, I see it possible on the, on the I'm, I'm going the other way I, I would definitely be on the on the washington side of this bet they, they're a good defense they could play a game close and they i like the offense very much with taylor heineke i think he's fine as far as the dfs angles here i'm a little bit worried about uh, my boy terry mclaurin i think he's better than elite coverage but tradavius white is uh, a cornerback on the bills who is very very good and Washington doesn't have a second player to distract him. So it's going to be pretty blanket, you know, follow coverage on, you know, TM sizzles. And when that happens, there's just not that much else going on on Washington that, um, you know, from a passing game perspective has me interested. So I think that Tredavious White might negate Terry McLaurin just enough to where I'm not super interested in playing him this week, especially at an elevated price. On the Bills side, I think it's just, you know, we go right back to the same old, same old. Always play Josh Allen every week. He should always be played in some, some he hasn't done it yet. So we're going to get lower and lower ownership. And when he pops, you're going to be like, oh, shit, how did I not play Josh Allen that week, right? This game does not stand out. It's gross. Feel 45 and a half point total. There's nothing about it that says play this for DFS. But I think you need a Josh Allen to Steph Diggs stack or two every single week because it's going to pop off insane one week. Um, what do you think, John? Or can we ignore this one just because of all those incredible core four games? I think you definitely can. We can pass on this uh, for sure. I, I, I'd be careful in this game um, because I think if it does get out of hand, Washington defense is good too. So the, the potential of the game either gets out of hand, you don't want to stack a game, or Washington just keeps this game tight, you know, one of those 17 14 games, and it's not good. I don't like, there's not as many good scenarios I see for uh, Buffalo here. Um, so I'm fine with punting the game. Yeah, that's fair. I, again, for me, it's only GPP. I have a theory of never, ever full fade Josh Allen, but it's not one that I, I definitely am more excited about a 55 and a half point close game than I am for some 45 point um, widespread game. All right. Next up, we've got an interesting situation going on in Chicago where we've got um, Justin Fields now taking over, at least for this week, as the starter for the Bears. That's right. I did a couple of Chicago accents in that one couple of them Cleveland Browns at home great defensive team I've been excited about Justin Fields John for a while I can't I, I, I debut excited this is not the best of situations if I had to choose one the Browns at home wouldn't be like my that's not how I would script it for the debut of my boy but I think he you know we could see a really good quarterback emerge for the Bears a little surprise Browns don't have a lot going on at wide receiver. I'm not even sure if Odell's going to play. We know Jarvis Landry's out, so they're just going to try the run of football. Do you think the line minus seven for the Browns may be a little bit aggressive to the high side, considering they might not have anything going on at wide receiver at all? Nothing. Yeah, we'll, um, you know, I'll give I'll give out some freebies here. We, we had Chicago earlier in the week at plus seven and a half. It's down, down to seven. Um, just to me, it's just too many points here. Um, 
in a in a low scoring game. So I think for a running team, a running yeah team for a team. Player. I think I think the game's going to stay. I, I don't see this being a high scoring game. This is not a game that I want to really get a lot of pieces of, if any. Um, you know, when I am me, of course, I'm sprinkling stuff in. You're playing 20 lineups or less. You're probably not touching this game at all. Um, so yeah, my lean here is Chicago. More than a lean, I'm going to be betting it and have um, on the total. I'm not. I'm, I don't really have a strong opinion on it. So, but yeah, Fields tough spot. Uh, you know, obviously going on the road in your first start. Um, but he's, you know, he got, he got his feet wet last week. It looked okay. I think he's going to be great. Um, I do, I do like him. Uh, this, you know, like you said, this might not be the greatest spot to, uh, to get your debut, but Hey, he's in there now. And I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to stack this game. I think people are going to take fields just because there's been a lot of hype on him. I don't think he's going to be, you know, obviously not highly on, but I think, I think people are going to dabble here and, and, uh, and and take them, and I I'm gonna avoid uh, Fields for for this week. So I far. am playing Fields. I I I listen. I've been waiting for Fields to make his debut, and you're not taking this away from me, John. You're not doing that to me. I'm playing Fields because he's a running quarterback, and he is ridiculously priced. And when I say ridiculously priced, I'm talking about min salary for a quarterback on FanDuel. I'm talking about 5K on DraftKings. I can afford a lot with a Fields in my lineup, and I know that Fields can get it done with his legs. You don't need that much. When when a guy has a 100-yard and touchdown rushing potential, all he's got to do is just a little bit. He'll get you to that 22. I don't expect a great game, but I think he can get you to the 22, 24 fantasy point zone without that much without that much going on in this game at all. We saw Jalen Hurts pretty much put up 20-plus fantasy points in a game where his team like scored once. So these running quarterbacks, especially young ones that are going to run more frequently because they're not uh, they're not sitting back there like, oh, I'm a pocket passer. No, he's like, dude, I got, I'm fucking scared. I'm running, right? So so these guys can get you there really quick. I will definitely have some fields, but I don't really necessarily want to like stack him with Allen Robinson or, or anything. And I know you hate building lineups like that. I will tell you personally, it's quite difficult to work the optimizer to make correlate, correlate to include correlation when you don't stack your quarterback. So that is challenging. And I totally get why, why you wouldn't want to do it. It's more of a handcraft thing for me. I can, I can throw fields in there and just use it cheap enough to stack like a game, like, like the, um, the, the Wilson, like the, um, the Seattle game where now I can afford maybe a couple more pieces. I can get like three pieces from that game that are elite pieces. So there are ways to work it. You're going to have to probably do it manual. It's really hard to set up a lot of uh, correlative plays and I'm starting them in a bunch of um, fantasy leagues. Cause fuck, I've got them in all my dynasty leagues and I've just been getting zeros. Do I, do I start them over Brady? Do not start them over Brady, but that's, you know, that's my only league I have them. No, no start Brady. Like, no one starts over the goat, but you know, it is what it is. I'm excited to see the debut. And I think with his legs, even in a very, very bad matchup, I think we can get there with fields for DFS purposes because of the cheapness of him. So you're going to save a lot of salary by going that way. Um, all right, let's move on. Ravens, Lions, 50 point total. Ravens, eight point road favorites. You know, Lions been pre- playing pretty good, John. Yeah, I don't like that. I, you know, I, I'm heavily on the dogs this week. I, I tend to play a lot of on the dogs, but I like most of the dogs on the board this week. And um, this is another one. So I, I like I like Detroit here plus the points. I think this is a different this is a different Detroit 
uh, regime. I think these, I think the, the player, everything I've read is it looks different in Detroit. Players are playing hard players. Uh, you know, the, that whole culture seems to have changed with the new staff there. So I think they'll be in this game. I think Baltimore's coming off of, you know, one of the biggest wins they've had in the last couple of years. They, they finally get over the hump, beat Kansas city, uh, probably shouldn't have, but no, I think we get a little bit of a hangover here. This game stays close early and um, I'll take the points. Yeah, I like that play. I agree with you on the points there. And, and um, you know, I like the, the high total here. Um, DeAndre Swifty swizzles. Uh, interesting here. Ravens, not as good on the road defensively, traditionally, as they are at home. They're nasty in Baltimore. Like, you don't really want to get too involved with players against them. Um, but, you know, between Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift and and my boy, Quintez, kick his ass, CFAS. I'm making that a thing. It's gonna, it's gonna propagate soon enough. Kick his ass, CFAS. Um, I'm working on that. So between that, Bobby Wow gave it out for the showdown. Everybody won the nuts money, fucking million dollar bills. Bobby Wow handed them out um, on CFAS. Between that, I think that you know Detroit can probably hang around in this game as well. Um, I think there are some pieces of interest. There's a high scoring affair um, on the on the Raven side. Hollywood Brown has been um, the primary guy to the detriment of Mark Andrews. And, of course, we had one of the um, traditional explosion games out of Lamar Jackson. He reminded you last week why everybody likes Lamar Jackson. When he's running, he's fucking smashing. So if he does that again, he can always come out of nowhere. Very low-owned DFS game. So keep. I'm just keeping it in mind. Keeping it in mind. Low-owned game. Keeping it in mind. That's it. I'm okay with a couple of pieces from this game. Obviously, we're building around the core four this week. All right, let's move on to the next game on the docket. We've got the saints. We've got the Patriots. It's not pretty at all. I think there are some betting angles here that can be exploited though, John. And I want to ask you about that 42 um, point total three point spread Patriots home favorites by three. So essentially a neutral situation for all intents and purposes. And what I wanted to mention to you here is like saints coming off like the beating where it make them look like total shit. Patriots coming off of a beating of the Jets, which makes them look maybe better than they are. So there are two like narratives that I always get a little worry about. One team looking a little bit worse than they are. Other team looking a little bit better than they are. Is this line off based on last week's um, scenario? I think it's off. And this is this one scares me the other way that uh, maybe the Arizona game did. I, I'm taking the Saints. I like the I like the Saints plus the points. I I, I just think they're a better team. Um, you've got the rookie quarterback. Now you had rookie quarterback against rookie quarterback last week. Belichick wins that battle every time. Plus they're a better team than the Jets. Um, and like you said, the Saints, who knows? I mean, we, you, you do the show with Gargano on Wednesday nights over on uh, with the Sharp app. And he's, you know, he's he's high on Carolina. Obviously he hit that huge bet last week on Carolina winning that game by 19 points. Yeah, maybe so, Carolina's awesome. You know, it's on the power rankings. I've put what just the uh, just this year's rankings. You can have both. So I have like what the regular rankings are. And if you go to the power rankings, you can see if you look on the bottom, there's a tab. Just go on the bottom there. There's 2021. 20, and I think Carolina is number one right now. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's that's why the rankings you need to look at last season. But I do want to put it up there just so you can take a look. Now, the reason that is, is because New Orleans won in a blowout over Green Bay. And then, of course, they blow out New Orleans. So that's why they look a lot better than they do. Um, but 
Yes. Are they number one team in the league? No. Are they better than people think? You know, probably. So if that's the case, I think New Orleans is getting undervalued. For everything, all the reasons you said, I think New Orleans is being a little undervalued here. And I think we're overvaluing New England. So I, I do like the Saints side of this game. Totally agree. I like the Saints. I, I think that um, they're also an elite defensive team. It seems to be forgotten. The uh, they're, they're specifically elite against the run. And the Patriots have been kind of hiding Mac Jones, the rookie, um, behind a heavy em emphasis on the running game. So that could come to uh, a head here. Definitely, definitely great play. And I want to remind everybody who's watching, you stay with us this long. When If you want John's picks, his official bets each week, it's really easy to get them. Sign up. First of all, you want to download the Sharp app, guys. Sharp app is our baby. Please download it. Get it from the iOS store, from the Android store. Just do it. Get it. Download it. Write, write a nice review, too. I read the reviews on the Sharp app. And then I'm like, I like that guy because he said nice things about me. If you say nice things about me, I like you. That's how I work. I'm, I'm like really easy like that. Like all it takes is a compliment. And I think you're the greatest person for liking me. Download the Sharp app and you get a free month of Sharp Bets service where John gives out his official plays every single day. Tons of bets, uh, over 10 awesome handicappers there. Um, Keg has been destroying prop bets every single weekend. Capper Steve's out there crushing um, prop bets. Adam, we, we got a great group over there sharing their picks every week, answering questions. So yeah, I, it's I really easy to get in there. We get the free bet of the day. If you get the app, just go in there. There's a free bet of the day, which is absolutely crushed. I don't know how much just the free bet is up, but in the last two months, you got to track that. It's like it's like seventeen and four over oh, the last been, yeah, it's, it's twenty days, and they're all money line underdogs in baseball. I gave out two last night. I gave Baltimore, which almost won, at a plus three hundred, and then the Dodgers to lose to uh, Colorado. So we made money on the split. Yeah, you got to check it out. It's been great, you know, uh, and it's free. So. Yeah, do that. Don't wait. All right, um, next game on the docket, and we got to move quick. Falcons-Giants. This game I have a little bit of interest in, John, because the Giants have been pretty good uh, from a fantasy perspective. I know that um, your mom has uh, Sterling Shepard on her team, and she's fucking destroying the league because of that. And that the Giants have been good. Like, Sterling's been good. It's not – and my boy, Danny, Danny Dogecoin – running the, the the run option again. What? Thanks for bringing that back. And on the flip side, Atlanta finally gets kind of like a pretty bad team that they have a chance to style against um, offensively. And the Giants aren't the worst defense in the league. I don't want to get too deep into this game, but I think that on the Falcon side, Calvin Ridley is, is now viable again as a player this week. He's got nothing special. I mean, Bradbury's actually quite a good cornerback. But Ridley's like better than a good cornerback, um, if that makes any sense. I actually think Kyle Pitts, Kylie Pitter, as I like to call him, um, is is in the best spot of anybody. If he can ever break out, it's going to be here against the Giants. Giants traditionally weak against tight ends. And John, I'll just throw this one over to you. Do you think that Kenny Galladay could ever be a useful fantasy asset? And is it, you know, he screamed at the offensive coordinator last week, a little squeaky wheel, squeaky wheel narrative. Get a little grease, get a little oil on the wheel for Kenny Gallant, or does he just suck and you can't even feature him because he sucks as a person and a player? No, I think this is a week you could take him. So if you're going to take him, this is it. Let's see if he does it uh, for us this week. But I like him. I like him here. I like uh, you know it's, it's not one of our core four, but I like some pieces in this game. 
um, as well. I think Pitts, this is the best spot he's been in in, in his young career. So I think you definitely want to have some some pieces there. Shepard, of course. Uh, Barkley's the guy that people are really high. I keep saying this is this is the Barkley yes, breakout. Yes, I forgot to mention Barkley. Very inexpensive on um, FanDuel in particular. Borderline free and, and reasonably priced on DraftKings as well. Um, I forgot. I, I actually... I'm glad you brought him up. I totally forgot. So against Washington, he had a four, a three day rest from his debut. And we didn't think that the Giants coaching staff would be wise after a short rest week to increase the workload. But now 10 days rest. I think the workload increases this week. He might wind up being popular though. Do we have any, I mean, if he's, I don't know if he's going to be high owned. What do you think? I think he is just, just from the rumblings that I've been, you know, just kind of the Twitter stuff that's going on. I just keep seeing people, I, you know, high owned. I don't know. I, I haven't really broken down what I think the ownerships are going to be yet, but I think, I, I think there's going to be decent ownership here just because of the price. I think people are going to slam it. And, you know, it makes me a little bit nervous um, with, with him, you know, this week, this could be one of those, uh, I I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to make a wager here now on Thursday that I'm going to be under the market on him. Um, I just know how I usually construct these lineups. When I ran it earlier, I was at 7%, which is probably going to be well under. That's very low. And so we'll see, you know, I'll probably have a little bit more than that, but I'm probably going to be under the market and we'll see that's, that's going to be, he's going to be, um, an interesting one. I'm, I was not high on Barkley going into the season. Now this is certainly a good spot for him. We, we shall see. Um, yeah, I, I like Barkley. I, I like what I've seen. He's looked good when he's been on the field. Um, obviously, the the amount of time he's on the field isn't um, what we all are hoping for. But like I said, if he gets the volume, he is going to absolutely smash. Barkley is an elite player. Um, I'm just trying to get to the um, the volume numbers for him so far. You know, uh, tar 80, 47, 46. So he hasn't even crossed 50% snap counts yet, which is crazy. but. I think we get the 60, 65% this week. So I think well, that's, that is that's rushes, right? But so it's all rushes. speculative. It's all it is. We don't know. And if the it, I agree with you, if the if the ownership is gonna spike, then at that point we might we might we might take a step back. All right. Next up, we've got the Bengals and the Steelers. Interesting game. Bengals coming off a rough one on the road. Steelers, good defense, favored by three. Um, maybe Deontay Johnson hurt. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ben Roethlisberger is old and, and slow, and he is. I, that's not maybe. That's for sure. Um, forty-three and a half point total. Any interest in this game at all? Uh, maybe the running backs. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a little worried Nixon. about Ben from a betting standpoint. I'm worried about that Pittsburgh offense. Um, I think, I think you got to go if you're going to bet the game. You're going with Cincinnati here. I don't think you can lay the the, the three points. Uh, I like the Bengals in that game. Again, low-scoring game. I don't want to yeah. necessarily have a lot of uh, wide receivers in this game, passing options. But I do think the running backs – now, I'm nervous with Harris. He is, they just haven't used him. Now, I, you know, he got the touchdown last week. I needed him. I was, I was long. He was almost – I faded him in favor of um, Henderson and Cash, and that almost was the money until that one touchdown. Yeah. And it burned me. Yeah, I, I, I was over – the market on uh, in GPP and I'm, you know, and everything else was going fairly you well. Got saved. Like, you got you saved. Know, then his touchdown really just, you know, it got me back to at least respectability, but 
Um, but other than that, they really they haven't used him. What's the numbers? I mean, you have the numbers there on the. Um, it's not that he's on the field. It's not the issue. No, he's on the field on the every field. play. That's what's driving me nuts. Only only 12% target. So they're just not throwing to him. And that's not traditionally been how Ben Roethlisberger operates with a pass-catching running back. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is known as a running back, as a running back feeder, right? He's fed running backs throughout his career. I think that's coming. But it's, if Deontay Johnson is out, I like him a lot more. As a matter of fact, I think that Deontay Johnson has functioned as that short outlet guy for Ben Roethlisberger. So pay attention, guys, pay attention to Deontay Johnson news. I think he's going to play, but if he doesn't, that would make me a lot more interested in Najee Harris. All right, let's move on to the next game. We've got the Jets, Broncos, 10 and a half point spread. Broncos massively favored considering they're the Broncos and, you know, it seems a little bit high, but um, 41 and a half point total. Not a lot of uh, sexiness, I would say, for DFS purposes, outside of the fact that, you know what? Cortland Sutton looks like an alpha right now. And that's a little bit interesting to me, even a low scoring affair. Yeah, I, I think it's too many points with this type of a total. Uh, I think the Jets could keep this game close. Um, I don't expect to see a ton of points in this game. Um, Denver's probably a little bit better than, than, than people think. But I still think ten and a half points too much. This line's actually come down. It was it was higher. Still get eleven, I think, at some space, uh, some places. But it has come down a little bit. I think the sharp money hit uh, early in the week on the Jets. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But I, if you're going to take this game, you're taking the Jets. You want to make sure you get it before it gets to ten. Get that hook. I um, I did smash the minus eleven, um, the minus eleven uh, or the plus eleven line for the Jets. Here, so uh, I do have a bet on this one. I I took I took my beloved my beloved New York Jets here mainly because I just don't think they're going to get beaten that bad by by Denver. It, it, it's that simple. I just think you know again Jets. It, it's the same narrative as I use for the Patriots. Jets are probably a little bit better than what they looked last week, getting absolutely decimated. And so and and Denver's probably a little bit not as good as what they looked last week. You know, doing what they did. Um, DFS angles. I don't want anything to do with this game for the most part. It's pretty gross. Uh, Cortland Sutton, contrarian, but I, I wanted to play him, but he's priced up to the point where it's not that easy to play him on either side. He's 7K almost on FanDuel, 6K on Dry. He's not priced at a bargain at all, so not too much sexiness going on right there. All right, let's finish it out here with the Dolphins and the Raiders. Um, Low-scoring affair, 44.5 point. Jacoby Brissett in for the Dolphins. Raiders. Um, pretty much coming in, maybe full strength, maybe Josh Jacobs out. I don't know, but John, I'll tell you this: if Josh Jacobs is out, I'm interested in Kenyon Drake, the Dreezy, in this spot, um, getting all of the touches for cheap money for the Raiders in a game where they're favored on the road. Like that's that's the, the DFS angle that slightly interests me. Um, on the Miami side, I don't think Brissett is a downgrade off of Tua at all. I think he's basically the same shit. Like neither guy is very good. Yeah, from a betting standpoint, I think I think you're getting some value on Miami this week because of that, um, and the fact that the Raiders have looked so good. Um, I'm not. I'm still not a believer in the Raiders. Um, you know, I I I don't think they looked that great against Baltimore when they beat them, and you know they won that game. I just think Pittsburgh right now looks awful, and I think we can get a we get a chance here. I think Miami can can win this game outright. And I do agree with you on the quarterback. There's no real change. Um, as far as the point spread, it, it didn't change the spread much at all. 
having two, you might even be better off with Brissett, to be honest. Uh, Brissett, knowing uh, that he's going to start. I, with you him. know, I got word that if Miami wants to trade Tua, they're probably going to want to keep him on the bench more because every time he plays, his trade value diminishes. It just gets worse. So they might want to keep him on the bench and let uh, Brissett play for a little bit here. I mean, that's going to be a thing. As far as DFS angles, I mean, there's just not that much um, to go by. Like I said, I don't hate anything in this game. I don't really hate. Certainly, Darren Waller can have a big game. And certainly, uh, the cheap options on the Dolphins, Waddle, you've got Fuller coming back. All of those cheapies, I think, are totally viable punts. Remember, one last thing I'm going to just point out for this game is I don't need, when I'm playing 4K, 5K players, they don't have to come from the exciting games. You can fill in with a Waddle for 4,500 or with a Fuller in your lineup and just pop them in there and and they'll go off. Am I going to play Waller over Kelsey this week? Probably not. But, you know, in terms of these other players, these cheap guys, even a Kenyon Dreezy on this team, Kenyon Drake, I don't mind it. And hell no, we don't play Peyton Barber, Michael, ever. Never play him. Never. You play Drake. So, so. You know, there are a couple of like potential angles here um, for interest in, in DFS purposes or on your fantasy team. You could play Waddle. You could play maybe Will Fuller. We've been waiting a bit. He's coming back. He's going to play. So those guys are of interest, I would say, but no priority plays at all. All right, John, let's wrap it up right there. Game plan, NFL week three. Remember to download the Sharp app and you can... Get into the Sharp Bets community. You can get John's official plays, not just on the weekends, every single day alongside a team of elite handicappers. And of course, remember to visit our sponsor, Owner's Box Weekly Fantasy Sports. They're giving out $10 freebies to play in their 100K Sunday tournament. It's Superflex. I love Superflex. You just use, uh, make sure you use the link in the, in the description and then you use promo code Drew9. Gets you a free $10 entry into their big tickets. It plays just like FanDuel or DraftKings, just with it basically plays the same, but just with Superflex. And I love Superflex, John. I love Superflex. So I really like the format. I played it last week. I'll be playing it again this week. Um, so, you know, when you jump in there, you give me one less chance because of all the overlay to win all the monies, but I don't care. I love my people. And so we give this stuff out. Um, for John Statsational, Alessia, and myself, Kevin the Geek Allen. Good luck this week, everybody. We will see you next time.